0: Thank you you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today's guest is a singer, songwriter, author, and influencer with an amazing voice and a strong passion for this generation. She has performed with seven-time Grammy winner Toby Mac, Stephen Malcolm, and so many more. And she's obviously got a lot more coming with her career in music, as well as an author, Her new book, Dwell, Empowering the Next Generation to Live the Life God Intended, is available now, and she is here to share a little bit about the book and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Miss Maddie Ray. Maddie, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Trevor, for having me. What an introduction. It is an honor to be on this podcast with you, and I'm so excited to get into it.
0: I'm excited to get into it as well. And like I was telling you before, I watched your music video for Deserve Your Love. And I was like, this girl's got some princess vibes going on. So (laughs) I want to start off with talking about... Tell us about this single in general, the message behind it, and kind of where the visuals came from. Because it was phenomenally done.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. That was... My recently released single that I came out with, Deserve Your Love, I had the incredible opportunity to work with the hit songwriter, Makiba Riddick-Woods. And that was an experience just in and of itself of working with her and letting this beautiful song just come out as I sat with her and even heard the lyrics that were just coming through her. It's a song that's so relatable to, I believe, every single person of just those moments in our life when we feel so undeserving, when we feel so unworthy, when we're going through the chaos of life and we ask the question of, of God, where are you? It's such a reminder that God is with us right in the midst of whatever we're in, that God is greater than anything that we're facing, and that He loves us so much. No matter what we do, no matter what we go through, His love is so beautifully given to us all the time. Even when we don't deserve it, He gives it anyway. And so That song is such an example of that. And then when it came to the music video, you know, we wanted to do something really special for it. And we found this mansion castle thing that was actually not too far from uh, where we're headquartered. And so that was like literally like a gem that we found. And we went there, and the character of the home and just the elegance of the home, you know, we just thought it paired so well with the song. And I think even when I saw it, how grand and great it was, it reminded me of the greatness of God and how grand our Lord is and how just like you saw me as a small little figure there in that huge house, that's how we are when it comes to how big our God is. And we're just one small part there that He's able to give so much to. And so in doing that, we also wanted to add you know, the the aspect of what I was wearing and kind of the look of it. And yes, you know, for it to be that fun kind of princess feel and everything. But also in doing that, I really wanted it to be an example of even modesty and purity. That's something that's very close to my heart. And so in dressing up the way that I did, um, I wanted that to really come through, you know, to be that example for a young generation today of, of class and modesty and how we can still present ourselves in that way, in a way that's glorifying to God. And so I hope that all of that was uh, represented through the video and that people really received it in that way. And to hear the feedback has been really, really great. But more than anything, just grateful for how that song has really blessed a lot of people, even those that have been away from the Lord. I think I've seen that a lot with people that have not had a close relationship with God. It's really brought them back into that place of, oh, God still sees me. Oh, God still loves me. Oh, God still cares about me, even though I've kind of drifted. And I think it's really Really drawn people's hearts back to the lord which is all i could ever ask for
0: yeah and wow to all of that but like with the deserve your love it's like we don't deserve the love of god like it's freely given to us like once you yeah. accept jesus in your life you're forgiven and you move forward with your life but like right. when i heard the song i couldn't help but think with all the imagery and like you were describing the large house and the princess gown and everything so many people Are being led astray from these influencers, quote unquote, that aren't dressing modestly, that are going out and being very provocative and cursing and living these extra, extra worldly lifestyles, right? And that's kind of who the next generation is being fed by. So, that's why I think it's so important for like a Maddie Ray to come along and show these kids like, hey maybe a, I'm not going to use the last names. So I was about to use the last name of celebrity, but maybe that person that you're looking up to, isn't the best fit for someone yeah. you should look up to. And just because that woman is very beautiful on screen, it doesn't mean you need to model your next wife after this celebrity. So mm-hmm. when these Maddie rays come on, it's like, it's showing guys like, Oh, w- women can be beautiful without showing their bodies. And it shows the young girls. Like, I don't have to show my body. I don't have yes. to act vulgar. I don't have to have alcohol to have fun. Yeah, yeah. And to tie all that up, like deserve your love from a mental health perspective, it's also reassuring, like, we don't deserve the love of Christ, but nothing we can do can make Him hate us, right? Like, He's going to love us. He loves us, and He's so generous. He's such a generous, graceful God, and we don't deserve it. Like, we don't deserve His love. But the fact that you even acknowledge that and go into like, hey, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is we're going to shoot this music video we're going to write this song and we're going to steward the resources of art that god has given me to really impact this generation
1: yes
0: you don't see that very often especially you're 23 right
1: yes yeah
0: yeah like i'm 24 so like we don't see as many people around this age coming out like hey I'm actually going to make this a career. I'm going to chase Jesus. Mm -hmm. It might seem wild to everyone else, but I'm going to do it. So with all that being said, you started your ministry at 12. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) What did it look like starting a ministry at 12? And how did you know at that point being so young that you were called to do what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. Well, I grew up in a, in a pastor's family. I grew up in the church. My parents founded our church over 25 years ago here in Waukegan, Illinois called Church of Joy. And so I've grown up in the mix of all of that forever since I was born. But the fun part about our church and our ministry is we put such an emphasis on reaching the next generation. God had really called my father and my mother to really reach the young generation that that was in the immediate area that we were in. So we were doing tons of outreaches, tons of programming, tons of um, you know just uh, different ways of evangelism to really reach this young generation in the area that we were at. And at the peak of our ministry, we were busing in and reaching over like 3,000 young people a week. So we were moving. It was very, very busy with kids and teens. And so I grew up in that. I grew up seeing the events we would put on and the concerts we would have and all of those fun things. And my dad being so creative and such a visionary was always thinking of new ways and new initiatives for us to reach young people. And one of the ways that he came up with was to create a kid's show. And it was a kid's show that I would host and that I would have called the Maddie Ray Show. And so I started that at 12 years old and I had an entire kid's show that I would do where I would teach children and I would sing songs and I would do little things on screen with them and little characters. And it aired in the Chicago land area for several years. And so during that season, it was really a season where my dad was giving me a lot of opportunity in the church to really come into what my gifts and talents were and what I was going to do with my life. It gave me so much purpose in that season. And from doing that, Then around 14, again, my dad just having all these ideas, he came up with an all girls Christian rap group. And so I was a part of that. It was four girls. We would sing, rap and dance and we would go different places to perform. And so I'm between 14, 15, 16, seeing that this is an option. So at first I'm only thinking like, okay, I love teaching kids. I love reaching young people. That's what I'm going to do. And then I become a part of this rap group and I'm like, no, wait a second. This is an option. Like I can perform and I can dance and I can rap and sing. Like this is amazing. And I can present the gospel with it. Absolutely. So around 16 is when I started kind of writing my own music and I started kind of becoming a solo artist, um, but still doing a lot of kids and teens ministry. And around 18 was a very kind of uh, pivotal time in my life um, for several reasons. One, a lot of the music and things that I was doing went from being kind of a local thing that we were just doing for our church to gaining national exposure, where now labels were contacting and you know wanting to kind of take it to the next level, if you will, or take it national. Um, and so a lot of those opportunities presented itself, but then at the same time, There were some things going on here at our ministry. And uh, with all that was going on, especially with our youth group, I felt the Lord... Call me to pause when it came to all those other opportunities that were coming up and to really give my time to becoming the youth pastor here at our church. And when I became that the youth pastor and I started doing that, it was also a way for me to really honor my parents. You know, I didn't want to just kind of take all that I was doing and say, you know, yeah, I'm going to take it to everybody else. But yet I leave the young people that we were first called to here struggling, not really having the heart that we had had at the beginning. And so I stayed and I became the youth pastor and I'm grateful that during that season, the Lord even showed me another gift that He had gave me. And it was the gift to preach and to evangelize, to share the gospel. And so now today being 23, having started all of those different things from 12 years old to 14 to 16 to 18 to all of that, now what my ministry has become is me being a Christian recording artist where I create music for young people to, to be proud of being a Christian, to feel empowered of listening to music that helps them to be confident of who they are in Christ. But then I also travel as an evangelist and I spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and I preach and I, I spread revival to young people even in the church that need to be revived again in their faith in Jesus Christ. And then I also not only stop there, but I also provide resources for young people by writing books and doing devotionals to really Really take maybe what I share in a sermon one time to now something practical that you can use every single day to really walk out your life for Christ, which I believe young people really need today. Because you can, you know, as you talk even a lot about mental health on here with young people dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with stress, and all of these things that they're they're facing, you know, you can come into a service and the power of God can be there. And I could preach to young people, and they're like, Whoa, I've never felt God's presence like this before," and they feel so great. But what is that? young person do a week later when the Mm -hmm. cares of life hit them again, when they go back to school, when their parents are doing what they're doing, when this is going on at at their job or in college or whatever it is. And now that anxiety and that depression sinks in again, how do I continue to live out my life for Christ and not be overcome by these things that I'm facing in the world today? And that's what my books help to do. I really try to write books to not just, you know, I self-publish all of my books here at our... Our ministry. I'm not trying to be a bestselling author. I'm not trying to, you know, put it out there like that. I just want it to be a resource for young people. We're in the midst of whatever they're going through. They can grab that book and say, okay, if Maddie Ray was able to do it, how can I do it? What did she do to be able to live the life God has for her? And how could I do that for my life? What do I need to do if I'm battling with my identity right now? What do I need to do if I feel hopeless about my purpose? And that's what I put into the books that I write. And so I'm grateful today for the ministry that God has given me to, to reach generation, but to also reach the body of Christ. It doesn't stop at just a teenager or a young adult. Mm -hmm. I also minister to the whole body of Christ and starting it at 12 years old and seeing where God has brought it today. I did not expect this at all. I did not have this plan. But my prayer has always been, and my father has taught me for this to be my prayer, is to just do the will of God. Lord, whatever you have for me to do within my life, I will do it. And that's what I've tried to do from 12 to 23. Over now, 10 years of ministry, over 10 years in ministry, I've just tried to follow after the will that God has had for my life. And I'm very grateful for where it's led me.
0: Of course. And, you know, even being a PK, like a pastor's kid, it comes with its own set of like, things that you have to navigate through so like yeah. hearing your testimony and how god's been so amazing in your life what are some of those times that you went through as a teen and even like why am i even doing ministry like when you hear someone's been doing ministry since they were 12 and even like prior but not officially you know yeah it could be easy to be like oh they don't have a care in the world they haven't gone through any hardships that mm. was a pastor blah 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 i mean yeah. we've all been through things that and is. What did you learn in those seasons? Like, I'm sure being in ministry as a teen, like I know for a fact I was as well. And I would always get home from like a youth conference and like so on fire, just like you were talking about two days later. I'm like, oh, like why did God not gift me with math? Like, I'm terrible at it. Don't ask me to count anything except for money. Like, I am bad at it. Multiplication is not my jam. But then we start to like, God, why would you let me do this? You awaken me for this. And now I'm not like, what are some of those feelings you went through as a young adult? And how did you navigate through that?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, growing up as a pastor's kid, and this is, I talk a lot about this in my book, Dwell. So that's what, mm-hmm. Dwell is my life and my testimony and my story of how I navigated, you know, that to lead me where I am today. But I remember always growing up and in the church, when you grow up as a pastor's kid, a ministry kid, church kid, however you want to call it, we see the good, the bad, and the ugly. We see it all. Everything, the behind the scenes and, 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 and just all of it. And, you know, you go through your own set of um, insecurities as well. I mean, because there's such an expectation. You know, at times there can be a lot of pressure. At times there can be a lot of, you know, people's personal perceptions of who they think you should be and and how you should act and, you know, all of these different things. And I'll be honest, thankfully, my testimony was not one where I rebelled because I think, you know a lot of pastor's kids at times. And and this is why I share my testimony the way I do, because I know, I know what pastor's kids and church kids go through. And I know uh, uh, the plight of, of when a young person does rebel. And I know why they're doing that because there's so much expectation and pressure. And sometimes for a young person, it's easier to just, I'm going to rebel and go off and do my own thing because I just need to get out of all this that I've mm-hmm. experienced. And I get it. But thankfully in my testimony, I didn't rebel. I loved the church. I loved being in the church. Um, my parents really helped me when it came to my perspective of the church and even perspective of people, because people have a lot to do with the, the bad and the ugly at times of the church. And so my parents helped me on how do I overcome you know certain hurts and things that you can face um, in doing that. But I remember one of the things that I faced the most in loving the church, in loving God, in f- going after the purpose and plan that God had for my life, the biggest thing that I faced was the question that I would always ask, especially when I was at school or around friends or others, is why am I so different? Because Mm -hmm. I wanted to live my life for God. And sometimes we think, you know, oh, that, you know, I went through the, you know, The pain or the suffering of, you know, doing all these other things. But for me, living my life for God and wanting to pursue that, a lot of things came against me by wanting to do that. And I would feel this sense of, God, why am I so different? Why am I not included? Why am I not accepted? Why am I, you know, why do people not want to be my friend or have this problem or why do they mock or why do they do this? And I would face some of those things going to school, you know, I would face certain things even at church from all the kids that we were reaching, you know, and then. Maybe not wanting to be nice because they think that I had it all easy because, you know, the pastor was my dad. And mind you, we were doing like fun ministry for kids. And so the kids thought my dad was like a superhero, like Pastor Louie was like the coolest guy ever. And when you read my book, you find out that while we were reaching these kids because of the sacrifice it took, we were not living this glamorous life. There was such sacrifice. And when you read the book, we talk about how our house got foreclosed. Our cars got repossessed. We wound up living in the basement of our warehouse church that we were in. It was an absolute mess. And so you, I had kids that were kind of coming at me thinking, oh, you think you're all that and perfect because your dad is this. And I'm like, I'm sitting here living in the basement of our church right now, waking up to mice and spiders all over the floor because we're in a warehouse basement. And so my life was not this glamorous, perfect life, but I think amidst, you know, some of those trials that I faced or the things that I would face at school of taking certain stances to not, you know, compromise in certain ways. Cause I went to a, I went to a Christian school, but there was a lot of uh, compromise that you can still see at a Christian school. Um, But it was still, I I loved the school that I went to and I I was so grateful for it. But in terms of some of the kids, not all of them were living Christian lives. Um, And in that there was a lot of compromise. And there was a lot of, of of pushing and nudging to compromise, you know, or else you're looked at as super self-righteous of, come on, we're all Christian, but we all make mistakes. And for me, I didn't want to fall into certain temptations. I didn't want to make certain decisions. And I would get heat at times because of that. But I would always come back to the Lord and say, God, Why am I so different? Why does my life look like this? Why is it the way that it is? Why are people responding to me to this way? And why can't I why can't I just be someone that crossed certain lines and compromises a little and just goes along with what my friends are doing? Why is there something in me that just won't let me do that? And when I would ask the Lord that, he would always respond to me and say, Maddie, I am preserving you and I have set you apart so that way you can be an example to a generation that it's possible. It's possible to live a life where you don't compromise. It's possible to live a life where you don't fall into certain temptations or where you don't cross certain lines. It's possible to live completely consecrated and dedicated to the Lord. And although I received certain, you know, things from people because of that, I'm grateful that I was able to navigate that by the grace of God to now have the testimony that I do have because my testimony is not one where i can tell people that i know what it's like to be out in the world and to drink and party and smoke and have sex and all of these things that's not my testimony but i can get up in front of people and say i know how to live my life for god i know how to dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life i know how to be passionate and unashamed about jesus i know how to stand having done all to stand i know how to be on fire and unwavering in my faith i know how to do that and i can tell you how to do that as well. And so I'm grateful amidst all the things that I went through that my testimony is what it is today. And I'm really grateful to the Lord that He preserved me, that I did not fall into certain things, you know, susceptible as any young person is to that. So that way my testimony could be what it is today.
0: Yeah. And I know growing up doing like saving myself from marriage, not drinking, all of those things were very important to me. But at times it was like, why am I doing this? Like, why God are you withholding me from these fun things that like, you know, a teenage brain would be like. And Mm -hmm. at this point in probably around 17, 18, I'm like, my testimony is so boring. Like Mm -hmm. God can't use that. And (laughs) I ended up like, just embracing who I was and who God created me to be, but it's yeah. not always been easy. Right. Yeah. And they hear that you went through that and that you've made it out on the other side, just like, Hey, I want to share it. Like it's so encouraging. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's this whole collective of youth rising up for Christ right now. And you're at the right. forefront of that. Mm-hmm. And like in this episode alone, I was thinking like, With you being the voice that you are in the generation today, for you being the performer that you are, like just off topic, completely rabbit trail. I watched one of the videos that you put on Instagram of you like breakdancing, and I was like, (laughs) how do you even do that? But like, geez, Louise. And
1: like, is this the same girl? What's going on here? (laughs) Like, she was just
0: preaching, and now she's doing that, and she could sing like. what But like, so (laughs) many people have these internal struggles and they're like god i don't know if i can hold on but Mm. you stay set apart it's all about like for me surrounding myself with people that are going to encourage me to hold fast and stay true to who i am and who god's called me to be and by the grace of god we're still here but like it it didn't always come easy so for me like being in a similar similar position that you were It's Mm -hmm. like all your friends are able to tell these testimonies of I was driving drunk and got in this car wreck and almost died, but God saved me. And like, you think that like, where's my punchline, God? How am I going to get people saved? And in all actuality, to kind of bring it home here. God gives us all a story. He gives us all a unique story. And it's obviously going to be diverse. Some people are going to have these hooks that leave you on like, wow, God saved you from that. But also like, your story is intriguing. So for anybody listening to this, like it doesn't matter what your story looks like, it doesn't yeah. matter what it has or what it doesn't have. It's your story. Yeah. And how old were you when you figured out like God wants to use me to write books. God wants yeah. to use me to be a a minister to the masses. God wants to use me to be a musician because that in its own is vulnerable, like putting yourself out there yeah. Even though they're like, dang, she's got talent now. There had to be times where you were like, ooh, I don't know what I'm doing on this stage. Like <laughs> bomb a show or something. How old were you when you're just like, okay, God, like, I don't care. Like, I'll do whatever. This is how it's going to be, and I'm going to chase you through it. I trust you. How old were you when that happened?
1: You know, I had two moments. I had one when I was very young, probably between the age of maybe 10, 11, 12. And actually, it's, it's completely based off of what you just shared about your story and your testimony and about how everyone has that. I remember sitting on the front row, as a pastor's kid does, listening to all of the testimonies and hearing those testimonies of God saving people in incredible ways and sitting there like, that is amazing. And I remember going to my dad at that young age saying, Dad, I hear all of these testimonies. And I would I, I would tell my dad and say, I don't have one. And I'm never going to have one because that's not the life that I want to live. Like, I just am in the church. I'm a pastor's kid. I want to live my life for God. And I really felt like I have no testimon- testimony. I'll never be able to tell anyone anything. And that's literally... My dad took me to the verse in the Bible, Psalms 27, verse four, which became the foundation of my ministry for dwell is where it says, one thing I desire, this only do I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. My father looked at me and he said, Maddie, you have one of the greatest testimonies because you are living the life that God intended for you to live. God intends for us to come to know him and never walk away. If we were born into it and we came raised up in the church, he intends for us to come into that and to never walk away. And I remember at that young age making a vow with God saying, God, I am making a vow that this will be my testimony. This will be the life that I live. I will live the life that you created for me to live. I I will set myself apart. I will be consecrated. I will do your will, whatever you want me to do. I will do it, God, because that's the story I want to have. That's the testimony I want to have. And I know a lot of people... What happens is we wind up letting the things, and this even plays too when it comes to our mental health. We allow these external things to really influence our whole being. We allow the things that have happened within our life, our past, our home, our family, our circumstances. We allow that to get into us and it causes us to live a life that we've defaulted into. We default into this life and we become a product of our situation and our circumstance. Is God, God is now saying, I want to call you out of that life you defaulted into and bring you into the life that I intended for you to live. And that's the life I wanted to live from that young age. I made that decision and I said, God, I'm making a vow with you that I will live that life. And as I went on through my teen years into my young adult years, There was another season that happened and another thing that took place. I wound up hitting a wall in my late Mm. teens, a wall in my life where I was struggling and I was battling some things in my life. And I was at that crossroads that many young people find themselves at, especially in their late teens, in their early twenties, kind of that crossroads of, am I going to go with God or am I going to go with the life that I could live and the life that the world is presenting to me? What am I going to do? And I remember asking the Lord, saying, God, I need you to reveal yourself to me in a way that I've never seen you before. I need to see you in a way I've never seen you. I need to hear you in a way that I've never heard you. I need to encounter you, God, in a way that I've never encountered you. And what's beautiful is God met me during that season in such a powerful way where he became so real to me, more real to me than anything else in my life. I've been doing this when I when I share this example. I don't have my water bottle, but I would raise up my water bottle (laughs) and say, just like I'm touching this water bottle and I can see it and I can feel it, God became more real to me than even that bottle, bottle of water that's in my oh. hand. I mean, I encountered Him in such a real way where it just completely altered my life. And I remember a moment when God met me in a powerful way, literally in my office uh, here at our headquarters and power of God just came so, so strong. I just just wept on the floor and just went on my knees and just had a whole encounter with him. And I remember another moment where I made a vow again, just like I made at 10, 11, 12 years old, a vow with God where I said, God, I will do whatever you ask me to do. That was the moment where my life was not just given to God, being set apart for him. But this was the moment where I laid my life down as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, I will do whatever you want me to do, no matter what it cost. No matter what it costs me, no matter what it takes, no matter what I have to do on my end to see you do what you do, I will do it. I will do it for the sake of a generation. Because I remember thinking, if there are things that are knocking on my door, if there's things that I'm facing in my life with the amazing upbringing that I had, the incredible parents that I had, the accountability that I grew up with, if there's things that are knocking on my door... I can't imagine what's knocking on the doors of some of the young people that are growing up in this culture today. Young people that don't have the parents that I had, that don't have the accountability that I had, that don't, that didn't come up in the same perspective and upbringing that I came out of. Lord, I can't imagine what they are being plagued with today. And I said, God, I will lay my life down to do whatever I have to do to reach this generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter what it takes. And so it was at that moment that I really laid my life down and I went completely full steam ahead. And that's when I started writing books and I started releasing even more music. And I started even preaching more and more Mm -hmm. intensely with more of a fire, more of a boldness, more of a spirit of revival, more with an intentionality to see the power of God and the anointing of God hit a generation in moments of ministry. And so that was the moment when I really made that decision. And I'm grateful to see now just the impact that that is has made. When one lays down their life for the sake of others, it's incredible to see what God does through that. And to be now a vessel where the anointing of God can move through to see that happen in a young generation and chains being broken off of them. It's amazing. And I try to do that through all the music, through the sermons and through the books that I write today.
0: That is so good. And I'm so glad that God put you on that journey and that you're so yes. open and vulnerable to share it. And for the people that are listening, and maybe we're catching them at a crossroads right now because God works yeah. in that way so yeah. much. Oh, yeah. And they're feeling lost and broken and just like I, they've hit their mark. Like they can't get any lower than they are right now. Yeah. For that daughter or son that's listening that wants to be set apart and wants to restart in their life for Christ, what would Maddie Ray say to them? Mm.
1: Well, number one, when you're at that place, you have to know that number one, God loves you, God sees you, and He cares about you. I'm going to get into all the practical stuff in a moment, but that's number one, because when we're at our lowest, I remember when I felt when I was in a very low place, I felt that I really disappointed God, and I was very sad and grieved and condemned about that. And I think a lot of us can feel that way when we allow ourselves to get to a certain place, whether it's by way of our own doing, or by way of other situations that take place in our life. And we feel like we disappointed God. And I remember, I'll remember, i share this. This will, this will encourage someone. I remember when I was at that low, I was driving in my car. And as I was driving my car, I was at such a low and I felt so ashamed and so just like I disappointed God that I didn't really want to talk to God. It was kind of like, God, If I know if I talk to you, I feel like you're going to just tell me all the things that I should be doing, all the things that I shouldn't be doing. And it's just like going to be a whole moment of like what I am doing right and what I'm not doing right and what I am doing wrong and all these things. So I'm like, Lord, I'm not talking to you. I don't want to have a conversation about this. I just don't want to go there. And so I'm in my car and the presence of God just came into my car and I felt the Lord say, Maddie, talk to me. And I remember tears welled up in my eyes and I verbally said out loud as I'm driving the car by myself. And I said, God, I don't want to talk to you because I know what you're going to say. I know that you're disappointed. I know that you're going to tell me what to do. And I know, I know what I should be doing. Almost like, God, I don't need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. I know. I don't need you to tell me what I need to do right. Cause I know what I need to do. Right. I just said, I I can't talk to you. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Maddie, I don't want to talk to you about that. I just want to talk to you like we used to talk. I just want to have a conversation. I just want you to love me the way that you did, because I still love you the same. I just want to have a moment with you right now. Well, I don't want to talk about any of the things that you've done, any of the things that you're struggling with. I just want to be with you. And when he said that to me, I had to pull the car over (laughs) and I just started bawling, crying because I'm like, God, you're just so good. And I was reminded, even when the Bible says how it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. You know, it's his kindness that brings us even to that place of, oh Lord, I just lay it all down. And whoever's listening right now, if you feel like you're in that low and you feel like, God, I just, I'm just not in the place that I should be or the place that I want to be. Just know right now that if you invite God into whatever you're going through, All he wants is that invitation. All he wants is to be with you. He just wants you to acknowledge him because he still loves you the same. He still sees you the same and he still cares for you the same. And the reality is, is you will not be able to get out of what you're in right now without him. He's not expecting you to crawl out of that pit that you are in right now on your own to get to him. He is wanting you to invite him into that pit that you're in right now. So he can bring you out of that. If you're at this low place, he's asking, you. Let me come and be a part of whatever you're dealing with. So I can pull you out and do what only I can do. That's what the grace of God is. God's grace is his enabling power to do what we cannot do on our own. That's why the Lord is saying, let me love you. Let me come in. Let me encounter you. That's what I had to do was let the Lord encounter me. And God is waiting for your heart to be opened so that way he can come in and do a work inside of you. And so I encourage you to even pray tonight. Say, Lord, reveal yourself to me and let me know that you are there with me. And I invite you to come in and do what only you can do. And when you do that, that's when you see God do what he does. And what does God do? He sets us free. He delivers us. He heals us. What does he heal? He heals our heart. He heals our mind. He heals our body. He makes us whole. He restores us. He renews us. He does all of these things within our life that we can never do on our own. So don't feel like you're too far from God. Don't ever, don't feel like you're too low from His hand. Don't feel like you've done too much for Him to come and be there with you. Just open yourself up and say, Lord, come and do what only you can do. And I promise you that He will.
0: Man, so good. Man, if you're listening this today and uh, you don't walk away with some wisdom or some key takeaways, you didn't listen. And I'd recommend oh, yeah. going and listening again. Maddie, thank you so much for being here. This is yeah, this is just one of those moments where if this thing wasn't on a stand, I'd drop it and walk away and let you finish. But <laughs> we're we're not able to do that. So like oh. Maddie, this is Please. mic drop moment there. Man.
1: Oh, amen. Wasn't prepared for
0: a follow-up there. It's <laughs> It's phenomenal to hear what God's done in your life and how obedient you've been and just your heart for this generation is encouraging. So if you're listening to this today and you've been struggling, you've been lost, you've been lonely, must say you're depressed, anxious, suicidal... God has a plan for you. He has a calling on your life. And I hope that this episode has spoken to you. I hope that Maddie's words have encouraged you. And I pray that you choose life today. I pray that you choose the life giver today, Jesus. And if you need some more encouragement, be sure to go check out Maddie Ray on social media. We're going to have the link for her book in the description below, as well as her Instagram account. But keep choosing life today, friends. Um, We love you. We want you to know that you're not alone in whatever you're struggling with and that God's always going to meet you exactly where you're at. So if you feel outcasted, don't feel that way today because this is a reassurance for you that you are loved, that you do have purpose, and that the Lord has such an amazing plan for your life. And if you've listened this far, this has been Miss Maddie Ray. You can pick up her book on Amazon with a description below. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now.